Welcome to the Working Smarter Podcast, presented by Calabrio. This podcast, just like the software we make at Calabrio, is designed to help you get the most out of the resources that are available to you. This includes both technology resources and, more importantly, human resources. In this series, we will discuss industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. Join us as we learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. Thank you for joining us today on the latest edition of the Working Smarter Podcast. We have a great conversation and I'm very excited to introduce you to our guest today. Customer journey mapping and voice of the customer has been a huge topic within the contact center industry as well as the marketing industry for a number of years. And I'm very excited today to introduce you to Jim Tincher. Jim is a nationally recognized customer experience expert, journey mapper, author, and keynote speaker. Uh, He sees the world in a special way through the eyes of customers. This unique perspective inspired him to found Heart of the Customer, a cutting edge CX consulting firm that sets the bar for best practices throughout the industry. Jim's proprietary journey mapping process detailed in his new book, How Hard Is It To Be Your Customer, has helped both startups and Fortune 500 companies harness voice of the customer research to drive customer focused change to boost revenue and loyalty. Previously, Jim led customer engagement initiatives at Best Buy and United Health Group. So he has a wealth of experience that he's bringing to the table and a great deal of expertise in this particular topic. So without further ado, let's jump right in and listen to what Jim has to say about the current state of customer journey mapping. Jim Tincher is joining us today. Jim, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, take part in our little podcast here. Well, thanks, Brad. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm uh, really grateful to have you. I think this is going to be a really valuable uh, uh, podcast for our our listeners. Uh, Customer journey mapping is a topic that you hear people talk about a lot. And I think there are some organizations that do a really good job of, of understanding their, their customer journey mapping. But I think this is just my perception, but most organizations, the majority of organizations out there today have a high level understanding of a customer journey mapping, but haven't really gone to the effort of fully mapping out their customer's journey and what that means and actually putting uh, action plans in place to take advantage of it. So I think you're going to be a really valuable resource. And I, I really wanted to have you on as a guest on my podcast early on to kind of set some of these foundational principles up. So really excited to have you here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is this is my passion. My, my license plate, if you're in Minneapolis, is actually J-R-N-Y-M-A-P. So, yeah, I'm a geek about this. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that's excellent. Well, so let's maybe just get this out of the way right off the bat. Um, so, obviously, you and I met an, a number of years ago, uh, and and we've been talking on and off uh, uh, during that time. But a lot of folks are probably not familiar with your organiz- uh, with you and your organization. So, again, Jim Tincher from from Heart of the Customer. If you could give us a uh, uh, an overview of who you are, uh, what your organization is, and kind of how you. Can Came, how you came to be, uh, or how hard of the customer came to be in existence. Sure. And so um, I started out my career in small business, went from there to Best Buy, and just naively thought, well, every company must be customer focused. That's just how you operate. 
And then I went to a large Fortune 25 company and learned that there are other methods that uh, literally in my division, nobody in marketing or product development had ever met a client. And it blew me away. And um, I remember talking to my boss saying, well, I'd like to go out and meet clients. And he said, why? And I realized that if, if you're asking me the question, I don't know I'm ever going to come up with an answer to satisfy you. And um, we uh, really were focused on inside out thinking, uh, very operational. And one of the things we did some syndicated work is that we found we led the nation in sales. We also led the nation in percentage of customers who are canceling their accounts. Hmm. And so uh, I started bringing people out to meet our clients and to hear from them firsthand. And one of the things we learned is that the clients who were the most successful customers, the ones who were making us the most money, who were happiest with the product, were the ones least likely to use our materials. A humbling finding. Mm -hmm. And that really was the foundation for our work is that I was bringing the marketing people out as part of this effort to get them to hear from customers. And so by bringing them out, they were able to hear firsthand about how the what they were creating materials were actually not helping customers, were actually making it worse. And it really became the foundation of what we're doing today in mapping. And that was 10 years ago. Uh, after that, I uh, worked for consulting companies and I was working for a research company when a client said, we'd like you to um, do this research and make a journey map. Well, I said, what's a journey map? I didn't know. And um, I went out and researched these beautiful maps at the time, you know, Legos maps that people are familiar with. And then I looked at this PowerPoint slide they gave me with dots. And, and I got offended. Uh, I thought you can't take the richness and the beauty of the customer experience and represent it with a PowerPoint slide with a bunch of dots on it. And um, so I, uh, I uh, spent some time thinking about it and I put together a blog post on the top 10 requirements of the customer focused journey map. And it went viral and it's now been seen by about 110,000 people. And so when I left that organization, I thought there's something here and um, put together a program on best practices journey mapping. That was five and a half years ago, almost six years. And now that is 96% of our work is helping companies understand what their customer's journey is all about. That's that's really exciting. I mean, talk about being in the right place at the right time, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I'd better be lucky than good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah, I've been in the, the contact center industry for over tw for 20 years now. And, you know, you see these, these trends, these things that people are interested in and they kind of come and go. And it was, you know, seven, eight years ago, it was this idea of big data. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then the, 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 the big data conversation, then just kind of organically, this is just my view, I, I, as a layman really, but, uh, the, that big data conversation just kind of organically transferred into this conversation of using that big data in order to better understand the customer experience. Uh, and I think it's a natural progression that we've seen and, 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 a, and, and a strong focus now because of the really competitive nature that we have across essentially all verticals, right? I mean, there's so many choices that people have as far as the organizations that they do business with. If you as an organization are not focused on your customer experience, your customers are simply going to look elsewhere and they're going to go and find somebody that is going to be focused on their experience. And that's, that's what I've seen at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're finding in, in the age of the customer, as Forrester calls it, 
it's causing companies to rethink and those inside out practices aren't working so well. Um, you can, you can do some good things by focus operations. That's really important. But if your operations aren't focused on customers, then you're spending resources against something with suboptimal results. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the last thing in the world we want to do, right, is, is be spending uh, our time and money on things that aren't going to pay dividends down the road. Right. We've, we've got too much stuff going on uh, to, exactly. be, to be uh, distracted. So, uh, I, I, again, I know you've been working on this this topic for a while. I know it's a it's a it's a big passion for you to the point that uh, you recently and, and this is actually the timing on this was really, really good. Uh, you recently wrote a book. You wrote a book on this topic, right? So how hard is it to be your customer available wherever fine books are sold? Is that an accurate statement? <laughs> well, uh, more online, but yes, I don't yeah. expect to see it in Barnes and Noble anytime soon. Okay. Yes. Yep. So it's available for those that are interested again, the book called, uh, how hard is it to be your customer? It's available on both Amazon and Paramount books. I'm not sure if there's any other options that you have available for that, but, uh, really, really insightful. Um, it's gotten some really great reviews, uh, and covers a lot of really, really great topics. So, uh, again, timing's really good. This book just came out in May. So if you're, if you're interested in learning more about customer journey, learning more about Jim and, and his thoughts, Thoughts on the topic, uh, highly encourage you uh, to go out and and look into that uh, and, uh, and and purchase a copy of that book. Uh, I did want to spend a little bit of time kind of talking about uh, the topics, some of the high level topics that you cover uh, within within this, if that's all right with you, Jim. You betcha. Excellent. So why don't we just start off at a very high level? We, we've, we've thrown the word customer journey out there. Um what does a customer journey mapping exercise look like? What what does it entail uh, and what, in your opinion, should be the output of a customer journey mapping exercise? That's a great question because we find a differences of opinion there. A lot of people. So first of all, let's talk about a customer journey map. What is that? That's a visualization of your customer's journey working to accomplish their goals, which often means it involves touch points that are not directly related to your company. Uh, if we look at a common service experience, Google is a very common touch point we have. Google hasn't been a client yet, but they're probably the most frequent touch point we end up as part of our mapping because they influence a lot of different customer journeys. And so the map is that visualization of the process. But the map is it's important, but it's not the most important part of the process because the map itself is just an artifact. You know, we like to think that it's important to have a nice looking map. It's important to show the customer's pain. But what's far more important is the mapping process itself. And what I mean by that is making sure that your organization takes action. And unfortunately, that's pretty rare. Um, we, we did a survey a few years ago in the customer experience space, and I think we've established, I'm a, I'm a geek about this. And our first question was, how successful was your map? And was your mapping, uh, journey mapping? And I thought we'd have to really parse out who gave a four versus a five, because of course, journey mapping just works. That's not what we found. In fact, we found that about two thirds of people said their journey mapping was not successful. And we said, okay, what does success mean? What it meant is that for two-thirds of the people in our survey, they didn't do anything. 
they went through all the trouble and expenses doing journey mapping, but nothing changed afterward. And so when you ask, well, what's important to do? Well, you really have to have a, a thought, first of all, of why are you doing this? Is your goal to make a journey map or is your goal to drive some sort of action out of it? And the way you do journey mapping varies substantially depending on your answer to that simple question. A lot of people, their goal is to make a map. And if your goal is to make a map, well, you probably deserve what you get because you get a map, but nothing changes. But if your goal instead is to drive action, then the entire process should be involved with what is it going to take to drive action. And we found, we put together a five-question framework, which starts with that first big question, which is, what's the business problem you're going after? And a lot of times people call us, they really haven't given much thought to that. Um, they're worried about making a map, but making a map is not a business problem. Um, then from there, based on that business problem, what's the right journey? Who's the right customer? Um, what's the right approach to getting the voice of the customer? And then lastly, the most important question is who's on the team. And when we talked to, we've interviewed dozens of practitioners for our book. We found that those who are most successful really gave thought to how do we drive change and you can't drive change organization if you don't involve the right people on your team. And so the whole process is designed about involving the entire company, or at least the relevant groups, uh, to getting them out, hearing firsthand the voice of the customer, and then using that to drive change. That's that's a great explanation. And, and I can tell you that what really resonates with me ab about this is this is so familiar to me as somebody that has worked with organizations from an analytics perspective. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we do at Calabrio and one of the things that I've done in my history as a consultant with the organization is worked with organizations that are looking to implement an analytics platform. So speech analytics, desktop analytics, text analytics, things, things of that nature. And, you know, what you're saying is, is so similar from an analytics perspective is there's so many organizations that go into analytics and it sounds like it's similar from a customer journey mapping perspective because they know this is something they're supposed to do. Everybody talks about, I, I need to, to put in analytics in my contact center. I need to do a customer journey mapping. But the question they don't ask is, what am I going to do with this? What sort of business problems am I trying to solve? And if you aren't if you don't reframe it so that you're focused on, you know, I'm actually going to use this to develop action plans and actually make fundamental change within my organization. If you're not ready to do that, then at the end of the day, you're probably wasting your time and, and more importantly, your money on, uh, on on something that you're not going to get any kind of a benefit out of. So that that really rings true um, in a, in a, for me from a lot of perspectives. Great. Yeah. It's been amazing that um, groups are ready to spend. Doing it right, it can be a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars. It can take three to four months by the time you get everybody involved, get them out talking to customers firsthand. And they, some groups are ready to invest that money without really thinking about why they're doing it or what's that end state they're trying to achieve. Yeah. So with that, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit in the, in the introduction, but for me, I'd like to hear more from your perspective. I kind of blathered on for it about it a little while, but I'd like to understand from your perspective, why you think customer journey mapping is so important for, for organizations to partake in. 
Well, if you look at a typical B2B company, for example, a business to business, the research is that 90% of the employees have never met a customer in person. And so they don't really understand what customers are trying to do, but yet they are building the experience without knowing exactly what customers are trying to do. And so that leads to really disconnected viewpoints of what customers want. One of the things we do in our process is early on, we do what we call a hypothesis mapping workshop. And we'll bring together people from throughout the organization to walk through what they think the customer journey is. And what we hear is everybody thinks they know what it is. They all feel very confident about it. And as part of the exercise, we'll ask them to predict the three most important moments in the customer's journey. And we just did analysis for our last seven projects. We found that the average company, when we ask them what are the three most important points in the journey, come up with an average of 8.3, three most important moments. <laughs> so there's no alignment. Everybody thinks they know what the journey is, but when they, we get down to what's most important, viewpoints are radically different depending on where the organization you are. And there's no alignment around what the customers want and what's most important. Now, what's even more shocking is when we looked at what the actual moments of truth were, uh, the average company had four and a half. Because you have different personas, they can vary. Um, those 8.3 were primarily wrong. In fact, the company only got one and a half moments of truth right, which means two-thirds of the most important moments in the customer's journey were completely invisible to our clients. And these are big Fortune 500 companies. Um, that are looking at this, as well as small companies, it doesn't matter how big you are, odds are you don't really understand what's most important to your customer. And if you don't understand what's most important to your customer, then how can you possibly invest in your infrastructure in a way that's going to be really impactful to your customers? Exactly. They're all designing experiences today, but they're missing what's most important. They're going after things that have lower value to customers. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. We worked with one company who um, had big Six Sigma company and they had Six Sigma all the relationship out. They had to take away anything that was wasteful and that includes relationship building. Hmm. So when we went and talked to their customers, they said, we don't even know our client. Uh, we have, we have no relationship with them whatsoever. So when it comes time, our contract comes up, there's no reason to stick with them. If they get the best price, that's fine. But we don't feel like we have a relationship with them. Therefore, there's no skin off our nose if we leave them. Yep. And and the bottom line is, and study after study after study has has demonstrated this, but customers are willing to pay more if it means a better customer experience. So exactly. That, yeah. Whether it's B two B or B two C, whether we're talking businesses or consumers. Um, what happens if they have a good experience, it's easier for them because we all like to reduce effort. We all like to avoid extra work. And if you're having a good experience, it just works better for you to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, uh, maybe a, a good way to transition into I'm, I'm curious uh, if you have any um, 
action items or outputs of a customer journey map from customers that you've worked with that you feel have been really impactful. Obviously, don't expect you to name any names, but what do people do with the with these customer journey maps and what are some of the more innovative ways that they, they've used this data uh, to improve their organization? Well, it's, it, you're right. I can't really share the specific results there, but we find, first of all, if we were to try to encapsulate the most common problems that happen is that the, the two most common are, A, um, you make your customers figure out the journey on their own, that there is no guidance for what to do, and so they have to manage that journey. They have to figure out how to go across your organization. And the flip side, very related, are that handoffs are usually pretty bad. That first of all, so combining those two, your customer has to figure out how to get from point A to point B to point C. And then secondly, when they go from point A to point B, all the institutional knowledge is lost, so they have to start all over. You know, maybe it's in a CRM, but nobody's, first of all, probably the person isn't putting information in CRM, or if they are, the second person isn't reading it, or else the notes are cryptic. There's no really good communication. So the only point of communication is your customer having to share it from point to point. And so those are two of the key ones. And so the most innovative companies are really making that seamless. They do that different ways. They may be doing it by removing, by simplifying the journey. So you don't have to go from person to person to person or by creating a more seamless collaboration so that whether there's a relationship manager in the front over whether there's clear communication to that, so they make it easier so when you do have to go across different touch points, uh, that information isn't lost. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's that sounds sounds really important. Sounds really important. One of the biggest, I, I, right up there, the invention of fire. Uh, one of the greatest inventions that humanity has ever created is the Domino's Pizza Tracker. Okay. It would, we have so many projects where that's the inspiration because it's a clear way of showing progress and what's happening. Now, the only way that works, though, is that if your processes are in place to allow that to work. And for those not familiar with Domino's Pizza, it's a great way of creating a mediocre pizza. <laughs> but it shows exactly what's happening. OK, we've, we've got the dough in. It's going in the oven. The sauce is going on. The topping's going on. It's being packaged up. It's out for delivery and allows you to know exactly where it is. And it's something that if, I can just imagine the first meeting where somebody said, we want to create this and leadership saying, what, are you nuts? But it's such a great visual way of knowing it's happening that whether we're talking healthcare, whether we're talking software, that's what customers want. Now, that only works if you have good processes behind them. If you see the pizza tracker is 45 minutes, you know, working on the dough, well, the pizza tracker has lost its value because the problem isn't communication. The problem is how long it takes you to create dough. And the same thing in your organization. If you are working through a process and it's stuck for 10 days on somebody's desk, the tracker isn't your problem. Your problem is spending 10 days on the desk. But once you have your processes in gear, the communication that shows where they are in the journey is absolutely a fantastic way and a great outcome from journey mapping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I uh, might be an embarrassing uh, admission, but we actually used that pizza tracker last night at, at my house. So <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can speak to its effectiveness for sure. 
Uh, well, that's excellent. So I, I think we've gotten a good kind of high level understanding and understanding of what a customer journey mapping is, why it's important, what what organizations can can do with this. Obviously, this is you know what you live and breathe every day at, at, at heart of the customer. So you know your organization I know is based out of Minneapolis, but you work across the country uh, as uh, customer journey mapping consultants and and basically walk people through that process. You kind of indicated that it's a fairly involved process. It can take months and, and be a fairly uh, involved process. But if, if organizations are interested in working with you and 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 kind of diving deeper into a customer journey mapping, what, what does that process look like? How, how, do, how do you kind of walk people through that? Well, um, first of all, you're right. 80% of our work is not in Minneapolis. We really like working with selling companies come January. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep. But um, you know, the first thing is we talk about those five questions. And the first thing when somebody calls us is we work with them and understanding what's, what's the big problem you're going after. If your CEO doesn't care about the problem, it's probably not worthwhile creating a journey map. And so what is that big problem? How are you measuring it? What are the KPIs? Um, we're working with a company here in Wisconsin and we first started talking to them in October. And the first question was, what do we map? They wanted to map um, the, uh, the journey of the end customer, their employer, the distribution network, and their employees, an end-to-end map. So that's a horrible idea because an end-to-end map can be really good if it's for a narrow customer base, but by end to end, I mean everything from awareness, purchase, usage, renewal. And so an end to end map is a really good way of understanding the overall customer's journey, but might be less actionable depending on what the journey is. This is a health insurance company and the end to end journey would be everything from, you know, choosing your first health plan when you're 26, to having a child, treating cancers, it's massive. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a big problem. A big problem is something different. We worked with them to see what that was, but we had conversations in October, November, December, and then again in January. Then I spent two hours with their leadership team um, helping to think through this. And then from there, they still couldn't agree. So then we interviewed 13 of their leaders, looked at their data for finally helping them understand this is our big problem. And that's the first thing we help them think about is what's the big problem? And then related to that, then what's the right journey and who's the right customer to solve that big problem? And we find that takes a lot more work than most companies think is going through what is it we actually want to change as part of the journey mapping. Right, right. And that's exactly what we talked about at the at the top of this podcast. So but yeah, so going a little bit deeper on that, that takes a lot of time to do there. And everybody underestimates how long it takes to get to that. Um, from there, then we helped to identify who should be on the team. Um, we did the, that part of the survey. We found who's part of the team. Now, the good news for the listeners here is that the contact center was the team most commonly included as part of the journey mapping. Um, right after that was marketing operations. There was very little love for technology. 70% of the respondents said they do not involve the technology team in journey mapping, which blew me away because all of our projects have technology implications. Um, HR got very little love. Only 7% of people involved human resources as part of their journey mapping. But our viewpoint is that every journey mapping initiative is a culture initiative. 
And you really need to think through that cultural impacts of what you're learning and how do you get that out to the organization. And so that's the other thing we'll spend a lot of time working with the clients is that who needs to be on this team? Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's actually, again, very resonates with me again when you're talking about it from an analytics perspective. It's kind of the same deal as you need to make sure you're bringing the right people in uh, to do this analysis. And, and it's and it's not something that's just focused on one part of the organization. It's 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 more holistic than that. So, yeah, the similarities between this and, and general analytics principles are, are, are really striking to me. That's great. Um, the one thing it does very little bit likely is that. Um, we really make an effort to allow the customer, to allow our clients to hear from their customers firsthand. And so what we'll do is we'll bring the representatives from that action team out firsthand to talk to their customers. Um, we found the least, the least effective organizations outsource the insights. Uh, what we do is, yes, we'll lead the interviews, but we bring our clients with us firsthand. Um, what we've learned is that being in your customer's home, in your customer's place of business, drives more change than any report. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can tell you, I was at a um, client a month ago where um, the specific person we're talking to had actually, his career had been pretty much ruined by choosing our client. Um, he talked through just how much trouble he had had, how he'd lost his relationship with the executive team as a result of hiring our client. His journey had been stalled for eight months, but by having somebody from my client there hearing it firsthand, I can tell you things changed quickly. Mm -hmm. Nothing drives action like the literal voice of your customer. Unfortunately, at this time in the audio recording, we actually lost connection due to what I determined later was user error on my part. So obviously we're a little new to this podcast games to learning some of the ins and outs of the technology. So I do apologize for that. I apologize to Jim. The good news is we were wrapping up our conversation, so uh, we didn't miss out on much. My biggest regret is Jim uh, had an excellent joke that he used to close out the podcast. So I really regret missing out on that, but hopefully I'll be able to make that up for you. Heart of the customer is the organization. Heart of the customer.com is the website. How hard is it to be your customer? is the book. It is available on Amazon. If you're interested in learning more, I highly encourage you to check that out and give that a read. Uh, really informative piece of text uh, that can help you to better understand your customers and what you need to do to understand them even more. If your organization is contemplating embarking on a customer journey mapping exercise, I can't recommend Jim's organization enough. They have worked with some of the largest Fortune 500 companies in the world, uh, helping them to better understand their customers. So you'd be very well served by giving Jim a call and having a conversation with him about what it would take uh, to um, walk your organization through a true customer journey mapping exercise. So with that, uh, again, thank you for your time, everyone. I'm going to close out with, again, because we lost uh, uh, Jim's excellent joke. I'm going to try to double up and, and give you a little bonus. I'm in a dog mood today. So here we go. What do you call a dog that can do magic? Answer, a labracadabrador. A three-legged dog walks into a bar and says to the bartender, I'm looking for the man who shot my paw. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out.